0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a
1: little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls!
0: That was lovely. I need a haircut.
2: All right. The secretary who took off her glasses in the old nineteen thirties shows and suddenly went, you know, and your hair kind of went.
3: Yeah, that's what
1: hers <laughs> <Hurston>. did. <laughs> Taking your sweatshirt off. I have to decide what to do with my hair. You know, and if you ask your husband, honey, do you like my hair short or long? It's your hair. don't care what you do with it. It's exactly what he said to me. I'm like, but you don't have some idea of. My
0: husband says the same thing, but I knew I know if he was not being, you know, the way he's supposed to be, that he would be like, "Yeah, I want it super long."
1: Yeah, yeah, but my husband really genuinely doesn't care. Oh, see, well, that's kind of nice. It's not yeah. nice because I need some advice, girls. <laughs> well, you're not know, supposed to ask your husband anyway. When you I need want to figure out whether I look better in the short haircut I used to have. I kind of like it the length it is now. Yeah, I like I like the longer one. All right. Well, I guess I'm keeping it then.
3: You look beautiful both ways.
1: Now you're starting to sound like my husband.
3: <laughs> you don't her? want to get it that shortcut that you used to have because then people call you Karen. Yeah, well, there is that. That is the Karen cut. Yeah. I did look a little bit like He-Man. When it was growing out, you did look like He-Man. I looked like I He-Man. It. You know, because you had the Which short, would be good in October. The, sh- the short blonde cut with the bangs... Yep, that's it. That's the He-Man cut. In October, get the He-Man cut, Prince and Valiant, I'll dress up like Skeletor, <laughs> and we can be He-Man and Skeletor.
1: <laughs> no, I'm going to be the Crypt Keeper. It works perfectly with my wrinkly face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can be He-Man. That's been Roadhog Keeper had a lot of hair. No, he doesn't. I'll just pull it back. Well, just wear the hood.
1: straggly straggly hair there you go there's the crypt keeper
3: you're gorgeous (laughs) the other day i've 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 been bad at eating bread which makes me kind of puffy and the other day i was looking in the mirror and i did like one of these things i'm like whew i look like john travolta after he's had a bad botox
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, it's all fun and games until you look, until you like, look like John Travolta <laughs> after right. bad Botox. Have you ever seen those memes on Facebook where, where, where it says, Jennifer Aniston is looking a little old and it's actually Iggy Pop?
0: <laughs> oh, no, but that's awesome.
1: Uh, that's me. I look a little like Iggy Pop. <laughs> well, I'm, pr- I'm getting pretty excited, you guys. I know it's only March. But I'm so excited about our trip to Denver. It's going to be fun. I know. I know. I know. I'm I'm excited to be with my book girls. I'm excited to get the hell out of my house. August 13th, here we come. Keith and Mr. Keith are coming from Pennsylvania. Griner's yep. coming from Casper. We are going to just
3: paint the town red I, do you think denver is ready for the book girl tribe i don't think denver's ready nah. i think denver needs to prepare they need to load up their their shelters their survival gear everybody needs to put their zombie they need their bug the car, out bag their bug out bag in the car survival bag
1: yeah, just in case you know, because the book girls can get pretty wild, <laughs> especially once we start feeding Bonnie and Rachel tequila.
3: It's going to be fun. I usually don't get to drink very much when we all get together because I have to drive home.
1: It's going to be yeah. It's going to be a party, friends. I'm excited.
3: It's going to be fun. This we put week. put up a new video on YouTube. Everybody, oh, needs yeah. to check it out. Megan did an unboxing.
1: Yay. Yep. I always think when I hear unboxing, I always think of. Videos of people pulling punches back, you know, unboxing <laughs> in reverse.
3: <laughs> it looks like you're wow. right.
1: Exactly. Oh. I did a little jump up and down dance when my Discworld items came in. Yeah. Well, I was oh, thinking, they came in. They did. Did they? Yep. Awesome. Okay, I know which world we're and in. I, and I got three masks, and my very favorite mask, Granny Weatherwax's note that she puts on her chest when she goes borrowing and borrowing is when she she takes over the mind of like say a hawk or something and goes flying around when that happens she actually exits her body and often gets mistaken for dead and accidentally buried yes yeah so she puts a note on her chest when she does that and it says i ain't dead (laughs) so the mask says i still ain't dead awesome but I haven't really worn it a lot because then you got to explain the whole goddamn thing every time to these people who don't know about Discworld. People actually ask you. See, that creeps
0: me out when people ask about shit. Yeah. I'm like, if you don't know, don't ask. Like,
1: and if you do know, then you res- then you like party with me. Well, yeah. I mean, how else are you going to find your people? You got to wear weird shit out in public, and people go, Discworld, cool. That's exactly And then right. you like bond with strangers. I love
0: that. I have a bunch of masks with the pigeon from the pigeon that rides the bus because, you know, I used to teach little tiny people and <laughs> the pigeon is very awesome. He is my favorite book because he's so snarky and jerky. You guys probably haven't read the pigeon, but like.
1: No, but I he know what it wants, is. Yeah. He
0: always wants to do crap. He's not allowed to do. So, um, Yeah. But if anybody came up to me and was like, why the hell do you have the weird pigeon on your mask? I'd probably be like, yes, step away, person. If you don't know, you don't know. Shut up.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) doubt you'd say that. I can't. can't No, I would
0: run the other way. I'd
1: be like, okay, you're too close. Pandemic. (laughs) I'm going
0: to be sad when this pandemic's over because that's what I use for all my excuses. Like, oh, yeah, you want to have lunch with me? Yeah, I don't feel like that. Oh, pandemic. There's a pandemic. We
1: shouldn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now I've ruined it by announcing it. I know. That's not what I do at all. (laughs) Now,
1: listen, the next time a stranger comes up to you and starts a conversation, like unsolicited, there's a way to get out of that. Punch him in the face. Nope. (laughs) Damn. What you do is you look both ways and you go, you mean you can see me? Oh, shit. That's (laughs) awesome. (laughs)
3: You mean you can see me? This damn ring isn't working again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a traveler from the future.
3: (laughs) You didn't happen to see an invisible invisibility Invisibility cloak in the in the uh, parking lot, did you? I think I've dropped it. (laughs) (laughs) Pandemic. When your
1: invisibility cloak fails, just scream pandemic and run away.
2: Martha, did you know Wes Magoon? Yeah. He used to say, well, kind of dates to reference. But he was like, somebody sits down next to me. I don't want to talk to. I pretend I'm Bruce Dern. He said, doesn't matter which character, any Bruce Dern character.
1: Yeah, that, that's pretty accurate. Cause he's pretty much a universally hated person. Cause you know, he killed John Wayne. <laughs> in the cowboys mm-hmm. people from wyoming really get that i guess yeah. <laughs> keith's given me this look like that's interesting yeah yeah when i was a kid huh. i thought bruce stern was the devil i really did all because in what all because, because he in one killed movie? john wayne i was just a kid when it happened does john know? wayne only die in ever one movie um mm-hmm. i don't know that's a good question and I no. don't de- doesn't he die in the shootest i don't know But I just remember I saw... I haven't seen all of them. I saw that particular movie, and when he killed John Wayne, I was traumatized by that. See, I thought you were
0: saying that because in most of his later movies, he plays kind of a crazy person.
1: Well, he does play a crazy person most of the time, but...
0: I don't think a lot of people around here probably even remember who he is.
3: I mean, I know that... I watched he was a very very case. very right
2: wing kind of person i could <laughs> he, see that he shot a movie in casper they shot uh, the hell fighters where he played the
1: the uh, rig fire fighter. that's probably why we know him so good so well and yeah. why the references really hit home for us
2: it was before i lived here but and that was 40 years ago that i came here
1: do so. you guys know i have a john wayne doll in my closet is it nope. life-size <laughs> <laughs> and I'm atom-
2: anatomically correct
1: that was
0: where i was going
1: thanks pat um mm. does
3: it have a moving tongue
1: <laughs> <laughs> no actually it does not
3: does the belt buckle vibrate <laughs> Can I borrow it?
1: <laughs> I knew that was coming. There's yet another
2: subgenre of online, e-published pornographic, like on beyond dinosaurs. It can be the John Wayne doll. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's really an interesting thought. I wonder how much I could get for it.
3: That's one kinky. Pornhub subgroup.
1: Yeah, well, John I guess there's a, special, there's a specialty out there for everything, my friends.
3: I mean, if you're into Spurs and cowboy hats.
1: <laughs> Which explains why he's still in my closet. <laughs> Wouldn't want anybody to know about that. <laughs> no, my aunt was a doll collector, and she left all of her dolls to me. And so I have an entire closet full of really bizarre dolls i'll never forget when the box came in because uh, this was i don't know it was after we moved to oklahoma so but the boxes got delivered and they were big boxes and dylan was probably i don't know maybe 11 or 12 and he he was very excited about getting the boxes so he opened them up and inside <laughs> were all these heads
3: And about half of of them were
1: broken. And he was totally freaked out (laughs) by the doll heads.
3: Well, it was a little freaky to get a box of heads. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: because she used to make dolls. So, you know, she had all the parts and pieces. And so now I have a whole box of heads in my closet. And a John Wayne doll with a vibrating belt Belt buckle buckle and a moving tongue. Had a thing know, for John man. Wayne. There's a lot
3: of things,
0: <laughs> a lot of creepy things you can do with a bunch of doll heads and too much time on
1: your hands. <laughs> right. If anybody ever needs any doll heads, I'm your girl.
0: <laughs> Who do I hate the most? What if they just woke up surrounded by doll heads? Way
2: worse the than a horse head. Halloween.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. I could put glow sticks inside of them and set them on my windowsill. Oh,
3: <laughs> that would be freaky.
1: Would be creepy, wouldn't put,
3: it? Put glow sticks on them and then, and bury them just a little bit on the neck with dirt so that they in your garden, like a row of them, <laughs> for the trick or treaters to come sign on. That says it takes
2: all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. <laughs>
3: That's
1: one of if one of the seen that one. one of the favorite uh, movies that Pat and I ever watched together. Um, what was that called again? Motel Hell. Motel Hell. Yes. New
2: Year's Eve bad movie night. Yeah. Yes, oh,
1: that was fun. Mm-hmm. Got drunk and watched some really bad movies. Oh, god, damn, that's a creepy really movie. Funny, I mean, it's just it's, it's funny, funny, but horror. it's yeah. it's it's the darkest kind of humor you could imagine.
2: Whew the hotel buries or the motel buries their guests out back in the garden nice. and just leaves their heads exposed and force feeds them until they get really fat and then it digs then they dig them up actually they hook them up to a tractor that pops the heads off as they go down the row and then they make fritters and sausage out of
1: the bodies. Ooh. yeah see what i mean dark hey. seriously dark <laughs> you have to be pretty drunk to laugh at that but we did <laughs> No, it's it really is funny. It really it's
2: is. Yes. Genuinely.
1: And it's got Roddy McDowell as that. Yay! He's always fun. You gotta love Roddy McDowell. Speaking of doll heads. Oh dear God. I was just trying for a transition. Oh, I was gonna say nothing nothing good follows that.
3: Doll heads. Speaking of doll heads bonnie speaking of making something out of nothing i don't know we're just making shit up as we go <laughs> fritters we out of bodies what did something you say dr
1: D- farmer who's fritters vincent farmer, farmer vincent's, vincent's fritters, fritters. Yep. Mm,
3: yummy fritters full of creatures or critters critters all t- all kinds of critters to make farmer job- farmer, farmer vincent's
1: fritters, fritters. gotcha
3: I will never remember that. Yeah, it's kind of going to go with our
1: last week. It was zombies, and this week it's cannibalism. Cannibalism. Yay! (laughs) dolls and cannibals. Boy, we're going to pretty soon. We're going to be fitting into the welcome to Night Vale category. (laughs) The creepiest, strangest, weirdest, freakiest
3: podcast on the air.
1: Free book, girls. Well, yeah.
3: Well, I did not read a book about farmers, fritters, critters, or cannibalism, but I did read a book this week. That was actually a little bit... I'm actually a little surprised that I liked this book. I actually went into this thinking that I would not like it. It's called The Chanel Sisters by Judith Little. And this is about... I mean, everybody knows who Coco Chanel is, right? Chanel number 5, Coco Chanel. Mm -hmm. Well, this is basically about her and her sister growing up. And um, I don't know... I didn't know a lot about the Chanel's. I I mean, I've never done research in them. I just thought it was, you know, just a brand name, so on and so forth. And they were actually sisters who lived. They were born in like the late 1800s. So they lived in France in the 1900s. And they were born poor to a mother who was a laundress at a charity hospital. And the father was a peddler he he was a salesman a street peddler so they grew up extremely poor and their mom died when she was 31 and the dad didn't want to take responsibility for all of the kids I want to say there was like six of them or something like that so the oh, boo, freaking who
1: <laughs> yeah that's what all the Six women are kids saying, yeah. oh
3: no well jerk i mean she was only 31 she hadn't been having kids very long but the um the sisters went to a convent and the the brothers all went to a farm as workers so they were basically sold as workers to this farmer and the sisters went into this convent. So basically they grew up poor. They went to this convent when they were really young. They lived in this convent and then Gabrielle, uh, worked as a seamstress when she was 18, as soon as she was old enough for the convent and kind of got an idea of fashion, but she did not like the fashion at the time because at the time it was all corsets and big hats and, It was very stiff and like over ornamented kind of, you know, it was just a lot. A lot was going on with all of these outfits back then. And um, after she kind of started, when she was working as a seamstress, she became a mistress to a rich dude. And then she ended up kind of being a kept woman. And when she was a kept woman, she got all of these ideas of different styles that she liked. And she ended up wearing more men's clothes than she did women's clothes because she didn't like the style of the women's clothes. They were restrictive. You couldn't ride horses and all of this stuff. And then when she was out of that situation, she opened a hat shop. And from there, she started her clothing line, which was very different from the style. And then it talks about how... Like when the war happened, how she was taking all of these very common types of materials because you couldn't get, you know, silks and all of, you know, the regular materials that you would make clothes with during the war. And so she would take like common things like Jersey, which at the time was only made into underwear. And she started making regular clothes and made it sophisticated enough that she could sell it to rich people. And make money off of it. So it was a very, very cool book to see how she took this very imaginative idea that she had and made it into what is Chanel now. Hmm. And of course, you know, it talks about their lives and, you know, the men that they've loved and the men that they lost and about how their family dynamics when they were younger and the loss of members of their family to sicknesses and so was this a true story or was it just based on just fictionalized story it's based on the real story of course i believe there's probably name changes and stuff okay so it's fictionalized but i mean this is actually their story i mean if you look up coco chanel she was born poor and made the chanel name out of So it's very interesting to read about something that is so common to us now to see where it actually came from and to see that it came from a a lady who was born into poverty and was orphaned when she was like probably 10 or 11 and see what she created. It was, it was a very, it was very cool. And of course there's history in it because they talk about um how london london had a huge catastrophic flood in i want to say like 1910 and of course you know they were not london paris oh there was a flood somewhere in 1910 and they were in it and uh insert flood here <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> and then and then the war and how the war affected them and affected the people around them and about I don't know it was it was good I liked it like I said it was better than what I thought it would be and I mean I would give it a four and a half mm. it was really good oh. I enjoyed it really really enjoyed it
2: did they happen to mention anywhere in there anything about her being responsible for making suntans fashionable?
3: No, they didn't mention that in the book. Did she make, some, I, I mean, that would make sense because she was a very outdoorsy person. Yeah, and... the, the,
2: sto- the story was that, I mean, in, in the first part of the century, pale alabaster skin was prized. And right. if you got a suntan, it looked like you were a working person because you were working out in the fields. And so it was not fashionable. But she went out for like a day on the beach or horseback riding or something. You had some some sort of out, outdoor activity and got almost burnt. And so instead of, she just decided, I'm going to say, this is fashionable. I did it on her, and she managed basically to right. start, it, start it as a fashion trend.
3: Well, they do talk in the book, um, there's a little um, excerpt about what she wore at the beach because at the time I mean women were covered up even at the beach I mean they swam in full outfits and she did not she wore like you know I'm sure not like a bathing suit today but definitely not what the other women were wearing and um she was you know stared at at the beach because they're like oh my god what's this this woman is is out here half naked swimming in the ocean so i mean it would make sense that she got sunburned because she was actually showing skin (laughs) but i know that she was responsible for a lot of the post war era of like the more sporty comfortable women's fashion that came into style and Mm -hmm. like you know a lot of the like Stuff that they wore like in the 20s and stuff like that. The Hmm. stuff that wasn't corsets. I mean, because she didn't wear a corset. She didn't like a corset. She didn't, she was thin, so she didn't really need a corset. So she never wore one. So, and then she just didn't understand why women wanted to wear one because they were uncomfortable. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't bend over. You couldn't ride horses or play games or swim in the ocean. Why? the hell would you want to do that so interesting because (laughs) i do not associate the chanel brand
0: as being a comfortable clothing (laughs) and it's kind of moved
1: away i was sort of thinking the same thing that that it it brings to mind
3: luxury yes when you say chanel yeah Mm -hmm. well it talks about back in france at that time there was a There was a separation of the classes. I mean, and I can't remember the names that they call them because they call them something different other than, like, high class. But, like, the higher class people, the Chanel sisters were always trying to fit in with them. So a lot of times they would make their clothes and copy to look Hmm. more like they did. Hmm. And they just, they never actually fit in, obviously, because they were born poor and you can't even... If you make yourself rich, even if you're Coco Chanel, you still don't fit in with the aristocrats. But I just think it's amazing, like her character, she's not the most pleasant woman in the world, um, Coco Chanel, from this book. But she's an amazing person. And it talks about like a lot of times when she started making clothes and stuff that didn't didn't have the corsets and, and you know so on and so forth to hold in the fat when people would order clothes and they'd have to go measure them so that they could make the clothes she would send her sister to go do it because Gabrielle was rude to them and told them that they were too they were too fat to wear her clothes <laughs> So she would send her sister who wasn't quite as mm,
1: the origin nice. of the zero
3: size model
1: perhaps?
3: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that Thanks, sounds more like Coco. the Chanel, <laughs> the Chanel brand. <laughs>
1: yep. She
3: still did amazing things. She, she, she made really her did. own, she made her own success. That's that's cool. She mm-hmm. sure did. And it talks about also it's interesting the way that she came across the name Coco. Because for a long time, she didn't want to be a designer. She didn't want to do clothes. She was just doing that so that she would have money. She wanted to be a performer. So she tried to perform, and then there, there was one song that she used to sing a lot at someplace, and um, it was about a dog named Coco, about a little dog <laughs> named Coco. So the men who she performed for started calling her Coco and that's how she got her name Coco Chanel.
1: Sort of like Indiana Jones, you know, Indiana we was the, the dog's dog. name. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> yep. So I thought that was pretty interesting huh, too. That
1: is interesting.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty, it was a good book. Like I said, I didn't think that I would like it because it's like, it's about fashion and I am so not a fashion forward person. <laughs> but it was, a whole lot better than I thought. So I would recommend it to anyone who would be interested in a good historical fiction and is kind of curious about how the Chanel brand came about. That again was called the Chanel sisters by Judith Little. Excellent. And
1: Pat, how about you? What do you have for us today?
2: Well, I have a book, which, uh, Actually, I I had said when I first uh, picked it out, I said, you know, since uh, Rachel isn't here today to talk about true crime, I'll do this book because it's true crime. But I realized that it means that I'm I'm, uh, I'm trespassing a little bit on Keith's area and probably going to get Martha's hackles up because (laughs) the full title is Alice and Gerald, A Homicidal Love Story. Wow. Hey. <laughs> a
0: little You're bit of all the good areas. A little bit of all <laughs> of it. Yeah.
2: It is a. And, and it's it written a, by? Ron Francell, who is a writer who was born and raised in Wyoming, uh, now lives, I think, in Texas, but but he is a true crime writer. Uh, he has a number of, of works out, and he does, uh, at least two of them are set in Wyoming. There's and as a matter of.
1: And as a matter of fact, we did an interview with Ron Prenzel when he was here for the Oklahoma Book Mm -hmm. Festival, and that interview is available on our website, so you can go look at it. He even talks about this book on it. He does talk Ah. about this
2: book. So see, it's it's
1: great that you chose that.
2: It's an interesting story. It's a very much a cold case kind of story or one that was never allowed to go completely cold because of the determination of some, some police officers. But between the time of the, the murders took place in the mid to late seventies, the people did not finally get arrested for them until 2013. My <laughs> gosh. That is seriously <laughs> cold
1: case.
2: That's like 80. 80- yeah. yeah. And when they were arrested, they're a little old couple living on a farm in Missouri. She's in a wheelchair, they're 70,
1: 75. Oh, because there's no statute I, of limitations it, on murder.
3: Yeah, it's like 40 and, uh, years, you know, so it 40 years, So it
2: looks like, yeah, I mean, there are some, some you know, there's some janky things going on, but these this little old couple, they're together because each of them used to be with other people who were ended up down a
1: mine shaft in Wyoming? <laughs> oh man, that is a whole yep. homicidal love story, isn't, isn't it? it? That's one way to get well, rid yeah. of the ex. She,
2: you know, not they didn't they didn't coordinate it completely. She had uh, early on in the story she bumps off her first, or well, he's not her first husband actually. I think by that point he's her third. Holy um shit. And <laughs> and gets rid of the body. Down a mine shaft outside of Cheyenne. She's living in Cheyenne at the time. She moves out toward the western part of the state, and I'm trying to think. I don't think they were in Jackson. They might have been somewhere like Dale? Riverton, somewhere in uh, now, now Riverton. Riverton, New Orleans, somewhere in that general area out in the center part of the state. Anyway, she meets this guy. He's already had a couple of short, disastrous marriages that have gone bad. They hit it off but he's got an ex-wife and two stepkids who are not really in the way. They seem to be lovely people, but they're dead people pretty soon because Alice wants them out of the way. She's not comfortable with him speaking to his ex-wife. She really is the one who comes off as the more homicidal crazy out of the couple. They're both, he's more, I think he's a little more on the dim side, the way things are portrayed and she is, she is smart and evil and manipulative and she when she gets rid of the body she gets rid of it down a hundred foot deep mine shaft that'll do it <laughs> which yeah. gets filled in over the years primarily with the bodies of dead cattle which because it's out on a ranch land when a cow dies they just drag it to this mine shaft and drop it down
1: there Holy crap. so there
2: are like 30 years worth of dead rotting cows on top of this body And some police officer had the determination to get to the bottom of it, to find the evidence that finally broke the case. Holy crap. That's
3: dedication, dude. That's a whole lot of cow to be going through. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of
1: heifer corpses. (laughs) So, so, yeah,
2: it's it's a, I mean, it's, the story is, It's not like a fast moving kind of crime thing, because it's mostly it's determination and and pursuing it and never letting go. A little small town romance and murder and drama. This is this is the book for you.
1: (laughs) And if you want some details on that, maybe a little background, (laughs) you can hear it from the author's mouth yourself. Go over to our website and find the interview that we did with Ron Francel. When he was in Oklahoma. If
3: you go to threebookgirls.com, there's an author link, and it's on the authors. The interview is there. Awesome.
1: Do you want to give us the title and artist of that again? It is uh, Alice and Gerald, A Homicidal Love Story by Ron Francell awesome. Yay. And we didn't even plan that. That was great. I'm so glad that you decided (laughs) to share that. We've been hoping that somebody would pick that up and read it so that we could have that on the show. So that's excellent. I think our, um, our Facebook.
2: (laughs) Yay. It was, it's, I enjoy true crime. I don't, I don't always read as much of it as, as big fans like Rachel, but it's a, it's a genre that really kind of suckers me in.
3: Yeah see our our facebook picture is actually yes our face with him our facebook picture has ron oh. francell on it yeah like the <laughs> banner picture that goes over the top i always kind of assumed that was your
0: friend that did like the the cool stuff at the beginning for some reason
3: oh no oh,
1: jeff jeff yeah no, no. we gotta have jeff in, in a picture one of these days we should our announcer guy no actually mm-hmm. jeff is my boss the voice of the intro is my boss, Jeff Couch. Uh, all right. You got some romance for us, Keith? Or you did you choose to read something different? It's a weird, creepy kind of romance. Ooh, but yeah. Creepy. So we got I mean, homicidal I- love stories and a creepy romance. <laughs> Bring it. My book is called Layla by Colleen Hoover. Layla!
0: Thank you so much. Much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Because I am on a Facebook group, and you have to you have to read certain. There are challenges on this Facebook group. One of the challenges this month was to read a book with a song title. When I put that book down, they said, "Can you give us like some proof that that's an actual song?"
3: Nobody's. They haven't heard that song. I am not even kidding. I had to screenshot.
0: I had to screenshot the t- the cover for his single, that's and I one of said, the "Best songs of the '70s it
2: ever." Like the well, best one of the best ever. songs
0: ever.
1: Oh, yeah,
3: God, that's I a was great so song. sad.
0: I said Hold to on. everybody, "I said I feel so old."
3: Can you hear it? For
1: all you babies that don't know what Layla is, that's it. All right, you better stop playing it before we have to pay royalties.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My book is called Layla by Colleen Hoover. And uh, the book opens, and uh, it's about this man named Leeds. And the book opens with Leeds tying his girlfriend, Layla, to the bed, and duct taping her mouth shut and not in a fun kinky way but in a way that he wants to keep her in the room oh uh and he goes down and he's speaking to a detective and then the entire book is kind of told in flashbacks from that point so we uh from that point we enter and uh he's talking about how they met and they met at this bed and breakfast and um it was her sister's wedding and Leeds was in the band and the bass player, and Layla thought he looked really sad, so she started dancing all, like she started dancing terribly to get his attention and make him smile. And from there, it's kind of like this weird insta-love kind of thing, which I'm generally not super into because I think it's really unrealistic, but (laughs) um, (laughs) they basically like fall in love right away, they spend a couple of extra days at this bed and breakfast and then decide to move in together. So she goes and she lives with him in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and they have this really great relationship. They're really in love. Um, two months later, he is getting ready. He's in a band and he's getting ready to go like a uh, tour and go to another city. And he's going to leave uh, Layla behind And he's never told her, but his his last relationship didn't end really well. Like she was kind of stalkery. And so he's in the shower and he hears the doorbell ring and she goes down to get it. And he hears pop, 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 (gasps) which, you know, is bad news. When he goes down, she's been shot in the head by his creepy stalker ex-girlfriend. And then we flash forward again. And so now it's uh, six months after that, and Layla survived, but understandably, Layla's different now. So she has brain trauma, and I mean, she was literally shot in the head, but survived, like barely. So she has PTSD, and she has huge anxiety, but he's Leeds is bummed because she's not the girl he fell in love with, but at the same time, he feels guilty because he can't really leave her because it's his fault that she got shot
1: kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not great. So it is not a good situation. So he gets this brilliant idea that what they should do is um, he finds out that the bed and breakfast where they met um, is now vacant and they're trying to sell it. And he has all this money that he, uh, he got all this money in inheritance. So he has a lot of money. Uh, So they go and they he says to the realtor, he lies basically and says, I'm interested in buying the bed and breakfast, but I kind of want to hang out there for a week just to see how it is and like see if we could handle it and everything. So he takes her there and it's abandoned and he wants to see if he can like right, and he wants to see if he can like jog her memory or bring back like the Layla he fell in love with because she's really different now. Cause she's been shot in the head <laughs> when they get there, all sorts of bizarre stuff starts happening because there's a ghost in the bed and breakfast,
3: mm-hmm. man, and this, you
1: just layer some more stuff on that story. Would you and give us a couple book, more layers? That's not enough. Right. And then <laughs> this book
0: becomes all bizarre and twisty and turny and You have you just have to keep reading because, you know, at some point, like he loves her, but he's tying her to the bed and duct taping her like and you're like, what the hell happened between I love you. I want to get you back and now I'm tying you up like not in a good way (laughs) Um, and shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It was really it's really weird. It's not like anything I've ever read. Did you like it? I did, I liked it a lot. Like there's romancy parts, but that's not really the main part of the story. Hmm. And you can't really say too much more because it's just so bizarre. And one of those ones on is this... really hard it's to that...
3: describe. I said it's one of those ones really hard to describe. Yeah, you, you can't
0: say too much more without spoiling it because it just uh-huh. goes all over the place. And I think I think I'm a little tough, like with suspenseful and thriller stuff, because I thought I had this book figured out pretty early on. And um, yeah, it totally led me on a wild goose chase and made me think, yeah, that's what it is. And then it totally wasn't. So, and I enjoy it when I can't guess the ending because I often do. If you like romance, Colleen Hoover is like a big, huge romance person but she has just started doing like kind of creepy, weird romances too, with like suspense and thriller kind of stuff thrown in. So if you like both those genres, you should really give this one a try. And again, that was Layla, like the song by (laughs) Colleen Hoover. Like
1: the song. (laughs) That's awesome. Wow, I cannot believe those people don't know that song. Of course. Well, then I went yeah. to the tribe.
0: I went and I asked a bunch of tribe members and a whole lot of them didn't know the song. The tribe either. didn't really? know it either?
1: Uh-uh. All right. We're going to have to do some work on the tribe, get, bringing that <laughs> rock and roll background up Well, you know, notch. that would make
3: sense because if you listen to the oldie station now... They, they're playing... Yeah, it's like 80s. And the 80s, their hair bands, like Bon Jovi and... 80s and 90s. And Warren like, yeah. and Aerosmith is on the well,
1: oldie station. I worked now. at a classic rock station my very first station, so I know a lot of the music beyond it's you know just, having older sisters and whatnot.
0: Well, it's just that's so it's just iconic. Sad. It's like Stairway to Heaven. Do people not know about Stairway to Heaven?
1: Because that's an iconic... Yeah, like, Layla is, yeah. is with that section of songs that mm-hmm. you absolutely I, they're they're c- absolute classic rock songs not classic rock songs but classic rock songs yeah. classic i Evan. was just really shocked like with <laughs> the rolling goodness, stones They're timeless
3: and they're timeless. i was
0: literally losing my mind and thank goodness our support canadian sarah was like i can't believe they didn't know that song i was like i love
3: <laughs> you thank you thank
1: you sarah for saving Keith's sanity. It's again. another reason
3: why Canada is so cool. We love Canada.
1: <laughs> All right, kids, it's my turn. This is called Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey. And the reason that I chose to read this book is because there is a Netflix series called The Expanse. And the expanse is based on this series of books. Now, I've, I've since I read the book, come to the conclusion I will not be watching the show because I love the book so much, and I know that the show will piss me off. So I have just chosen to distance myself from it. It is in the future when uh, everybody's out in space and they're doing a lot of mining on Saturn. They're aboard a, an ice mining ship near Saturn. And all of the planets, like Mars and Earth, don't like each other. And then all of the people who live out in the belt, they don't like the people from Mars. And the Mars people don't like the Belters. And the Earthers don't like the Martians. And so on and so on. You know, just politics, basically. And this captain, they're out doing their mining. And they they get a distress signal from a ship. And they're the closest ship, so they go. And they find a lot of dead people, of course. But they also find this probe and the, the probe has been like picked up by this ship. But then whatever's in the probe has gotten loose. And there's two there's two two basic storylines. OK, there's that one with the ship and the captain who's this this captain. I absolutely love him because if he finds out something controversial, he just gets on the radio and tells everyone about it. He's a rebel. He's not going to go to the government and say, oh, well, you know, go through proper channels and whatnot. He just broadcasts the shit out of it. And that's basically his go-to for everything. And of course, that gets him into a bunch of trouble. The storyline that eventually intersects it is this private investigator named Miller. And he's looking for this little rich girl that's gone missing. And so eventually, the captain and crew of this ship go to this, I can't remember what planet it is, but it's one of the nearby planets, Pandora, I think it's called. And they dock their ship there, and they end up discovering, they meet Miller, and they end up discovering that they have something in common. And this thing that's on the probe ends up getting loose on Pandora. Well, of course it does, and it makes it a really fantastic story. It's a bit of a slow beginning. If you like science fiction novels, if you like space operas, you'll probably love it. I thought it was fantastic. It kept me interested the entire time through these, you know, you had lots of good characters to choose from. You were able to, really move the story forward from both timelines from Miller's point of view and the captain's point of view and there was enough action but not too much action I've also read the second book which is called Caliban's War I think I just finished that recently so the series is fantastic as well and as science fiction novels go, this is a five-star read for me. I absolutely loved it. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 it's everything you want in a science fiction novel. It's in space. It's got great characters. It's got a little bit of action. It's got some aliens. It's got some drama. Ooh, all the good stuff. Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey. And it's number one in the Expanse series. So if you want to be thorough and you may be thinking about watching the series, the television series, read the book first, for Pete's sakes. Don't watch the TV show first. Read the book first. I've heard people who have watched the show and gone back and tried to read the book that they did not like it. The book is better, people. Read the book first, then go watch the show.
3: I always like What's to read the book What's the show called? First. Is it called, called the ex- Wakes? It's
1: called The Expanse. It's called The Expanse.
3: Yeah. It's a Netflix series. Huh. There's a Netflix, it's not a series, but a movie that's based on a book that is kind of like a doomsday that I think you would like. The book at least. I don't know about the movie. The movie ended kind of weird. The only reason I even watched it is because George Clooney was in it and I knew uh, needed... what was it? Do you know? It's called The Midnight Sky. Ooh. Um the it's based on a book called Good Morning Midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton. Ugh. Have you read I that? Fucking hated she already read that it. Book. I oh, hate you that hated book. It? I really, really, really,
1: really hated it.
3: Oh. Maybe the
1: I, movie's I did better. like the movie though. Did you you did watch the movie? I watched the movie after I read the book. Oh, which it's hmm. kind of rare for that to happen, actually. It is really I rare. You yeah. really? hate it when that happens. Yeah. It's a really strange You know, there are there are certain books like The Martian. Martian The Martian's a great example of this kind of a book where there's pretty much just the one character. Throughout most of the book.
3: Yeah. And there is only one character yeah. in this. For and I really the tend mm. to
1: not like those storylines for some reason. I don't mm. know if it's just not enough to, you know?
3: Yeah. But it, it has like all of it. It made me think of you because it's like, it's like a doomsday book yep. and a space book yep. and, I mean, it's very, very sci-fi. Yeah, it's this guy who's up on the... Um,
1: actually, a lot of people really liked Good Night. Okay. A lot of people liked it. I did not like it. But good I, Morning Midnight. Good Morning Midnight. Hmm. I, I just don't like those books about solitary characters very much. Yeah. I did try to read it, though. <laughs> I got about three quarters of the way through and just went... Pfft. Just didn't... I
3: liked the movie, though. I did not hate it because you know george clooney <laughs> well i mean I, it surprised me that it was george clooney it took me a minute to recognize him yeah, because
1: he does not look like he himself. does
3: not look like himself he at did a all good job in that movie, but he did a really good job in it but i'm surprised you watched it well like i said i was going through netflix and i needed something to watch you and, needed
1: something to fall asleep to
3: <laughs> yeah i needed something to fall asleep to
1: and
3: that's It was just released or something. I don't know. It came up on something. And I was like, who doesn't love George Clooney, though? Well, the only thing that got me was the eyes. I'm like, that person looks familiar. Who is that? So, you know, I clicked on it for the info. I'm like, oh, my God, that's George Clooney. Okay, I got to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sometimes there's not a lot of thought And it doesn't take
1: place in space. It takes place at in Antarctica or Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But mm-hmm. there's parts of it that do take yes, place in space on the space
1: station. Yeah.
3: Anyways, that's all I. That's the all. Ol- that's the only sci-fi <laughs> knowledge I have this week. <laughs> because you know I don't read sci-fi yeah, books very much. Every once in a yeah. while, but not very much. It's rare.
1: I just love
2: sci-fi. I can make you a. I can make you a sci-fi connection from Vonnie's book. Okay. About Coco Chanel because Coco should later on in her, at the end of the very end of her life, they made a Broadway musical about oh, her life. Oh dear called, God, you're really. It was, called, it was called Coco. I saw it on Broadway. It starred Katherine Hepburn. <gasps> really? Must have
3: been,
2: it must've been like in her seventies at the time or late sixties, maybe. She really was not a singer. She kind of Rex her way. She spieled. I was gonna too. say, <laughs> <But> <laughs> she spieled. When, That's what they call it. Oh, that's (laughs) amazing. But, and uh, and it was just, I mean, the fact that really no one ever does this musical ever again tells you it was not the greatest musical. It was just, it was a vehicle for her. Mm, Um, I uh think it was largely how it was written. But playing the part of a young, flamboyantly gay designer who worked in her design house, uh, although back at this time, they didn't even use the word gay. He just was (laughs) flamboyant. Flamboyant. Uh Uh-huh. One, an actor who won an Emmy or a Tony for it. Peter Stewart. His, in one of his first roles. No, but there's your Star Trek tie-in. Rene aubergine <gasps> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Odo from Deep Space Nine.
1: Oh. The Changeling. Oh. oh. There I is... can't believe you tied in. Coco Chanel in
2: Space.
3: (laughs) That's that's great. That's
2: great. Because skills. if you want to play six degrees of Star Trek with me, everything will connect
1: to Star Trek.
3: (laughs) You should see her spare
1: bedroom, you guys. It's covered in Star Trek stuff.
3: (laughs) That's hilarious. And there is there is a flamboyant (laughs) character in the Coco Chanel. Yep. Is I wanna say his name is Antoine or something like that. But that's, he's a great character in the funny. book. Yeah. He doesn't I have a huge they role. They made in. a musical
0: out of Coco Chanel's life. Sometimes the things they decide to make mu- musicals out of just make me sad. What
1: was that <laughs> the other day? Somebody said they're making a musical out of something. Somebody posted about it on the page. What the hell was that? Oh, here it is. Okay, I I reviewed this book on the podcast recently, The Queen's Gambit.
3: They're turning no! it into a Broadway. Musical. Oh, yep, yeah, I found
1: Hooray, it. Hooray! Drugs,
3: drugs, drugs, <laughs> drugs. Chess,
1: chess, Booze, chess. your rook. Booze. Drugs, 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 drugs. Little green pills. Well, they've I'll already tell you one musical about
2: chess. I was just going to say and what chess is. Chess the is my favorite musical ever. From the musical Chess, which is about ch- championship chess players playing a. Ch-
0: a and his, you know uh, who composed and wrote the lyrics? The ABBA guys. The
1: I, guys from ABBA. Oh, I, I'm totally gobsmacked right now. I it's had like no like my favorite idea. musical of all time. I should that know that. Well. I'm a radio person. <laughs> I should know that that's where that song came from. I freaking love that song. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> One night in Bangkok makes the hard man humble. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. What? The Queen's Gambit, I don't know putting chess together yeah. with
1: drugs and and sad booze. young women who are yeah. treated horribly like it just doesn't really lend itself to song and dance
0: except i don't know then there's the well, french revolution you know, I mean, and les miserables
2: I, yeah i mean when you you say anything and it's just like how about a subject for a musical how about gang warfare well yeah west side story how about gang, <laughs> you know True. they don't They all sound terrible
0: when you... Hey, you you have seven brothers. You go and kidnap seven (laughs) brides and then you force them to marry them. Seven brides and seven brothers. You can't get
3: anybody
1: near
0: them because there's an avalanche.
1: (laughs) Why do you want to ruin a perfectly good book by adding music to it? I just
3: don't understand that. And dancing. Music and dancing. (laughs) Come on now. Well, some books you can get away with that. I mean, if it's a happy book, but not a book like Wicked.
1: Yeah. And it actually well, they worked. Made it, happier. it worked. It worked yeah. with Wicked. Maybe they're going to make uh, the Queen's Gambit happy. Maybe, maybe she they'll won't make do it drugs. like maybe the kind of drugs she does will change, and they'll make it psychedelic chess.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are there are musicals that don't have happy endings. Little Night Music does not have a happy ending. I just That's don't it. like.
1: I I think my yeah. problem, Pat, is that I do not. And have never liked (laughs) musicals. I like plays. Oh, no. I like movies, but I do not, people do not burst into song naturally. I'm sorry, they do not. Have you hung around me? I break yeah, out in song. That's
3: different. I've done it twice during this podcast, but that's completely different. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. Every once in a while, I just run around my house singing about the knife in my hand or the dog poop you're picking up. That's
1: true. <laughs> I guess I might Some have. Some to- of us who took
2: too many dance classes dance with our vacuum cleaner while we're running it around the dining room.
1: <laughs> I dance with my dog. Yeah, but can you tap dance? This woman
3: can tap dance. Oh, no, I cannot. <laughs> no, I, dance, nice. the vacuum cleaner, no. I dance badly with my dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what we're what we're saying friends is that any day now you can expect three book girls the musical no yeah we just have to put an exclamation point after it with pat Pat griner doing choreography (laughs) but not singing three
2: To us, (laughs) (laughs) that's right,
1: that's the NBC song, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) It would have to have filthy lyrics, I think. Yeah, 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 we should work on that. We should work on coming up with some seriously filthy dildo lyrics and some, you know, the the stuff that normally comes up in our conversations
0: Mm -hmm. sentient vegetables, dinosaurs. Yeah, all the
2: hymns. All the hymns. Gnomes hits.
1: running around. <laughs>
2: that that <glass> <laughs> John Wayne dolls dancing
1: across. <laughs> the... <laughs> hey, with, honey, with honey, really big could you belt bring belt John Wayne in here for a couple of minutes? We just want him to visit. <laughs> Let's round up a posse and capture them varmints. He was in a musical.
0: What? John Wayne was? was? writers of destiny is a 1933 musical starring 26 year old john wayne as singing sandy saunders was he a cowboy (laughs) screen's second singing cowboy you've got to be kidding me now i kind of want to watch it i would pay money to see john wayne singing
3: (laughs) in a musical that doesn't compute for me that's hilarious i'm gonna have to (laughs) google that and see if i can find that on youtube dude there's no way he can sing right no. He can barely talk.
1: Not to speak ill of the dead or anything,
0: but. Dude, if he dances in it, that would like that would make my youth. Would... His
1: singing was dubbed. Was it? Yeah. It, yeah, I was going to say, that is not John Wayne's singing. He just moved his mouth and somebody else. He was the Millie Vanilli of, of singing Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a scandal. I can't believe he agreed to be dubbed, even. That really kind of messed us with his image. A yeah, but he was bit.
1: only 26. This is when he, before he became super famous.
3: I guess that's true. Wayne singing was dubbed by actor Bill Bradbury. Yeah, I was gonna say that ain't John
2: Wayne
1: singing.
3: Hey, Wayne. Yeah, it was a
2: movie called The Conqueror, and John Wayne played Genghis Khan. <laughs> Obviously, before anyone had any clue about racially appropriate casting. Oh, <laughs> <man>. you're right. <great. laughs>
1: Oh, that would be a cluster. You know, cluster there in. was a there's there was a lot of talk recently about about the Dr. Seuss books <coughs> being mm-hmm. racially insensitive, and you know what? They really were. The, those ones that they ended they decided not to publish again. The reason why is the way that um, Chinese people were portrayed was extremely offensive. But things I remember. Are... See, I went to Heart Mountain up near. Uh, Cody like yeah. uh, the Japanese That's, that's like camp, that's they, like 20 30 miles from my but, house and they never taught yeah. that in school. Yeah.
2: But uh, they uh, they've done a remarkable job of preserving it and doing really good exhibits that let you know about the realities of what happened there. And one of the things that was in the exhibit was an anti-Japanese editorial cartoon drawn by Dr. Seuss that oh, was yeah. just Vicious in it. Uh, he was part of the propaganda machine again, working against Japanese people, and it was. Kind of, I remember it was like not
0: Dr. Seuss. Not he said toward the end of his life. <laughs> he said toward the end of his life that that was one of the things he regretted most in his life was making that cartoon. Really, oh, well, that's
1: good to know. Hmm. Well, one of the things that I have found that we do things in our life when we're not aware. How hurtful it is to other people. Mm-hmm. And if we're good people, then we apologize from those, from, for those mistakes and we move on and don't repeat them. So for, the, for his family to look at those books and go, mm, yeah, that's really not what we want to portray. I, I think that's admirable. Well, I'm happy
0: about the fact that they were also like six of his least selling books, which makes me a
3: little happy that people didn't probably either. saw them and were like, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, oh, let's not, not buy that, that one. one. Yeah. Well, you or, know what I was thinking? Hmm. If you have a John Wayne doll, could we get a George Clooney doll? Because I'd be much more into a George Clooney doll, even if it's Midnight Sky George Clooney. George Clooney isn't dead
0: yet. We can't do that. He would never sign off on that maybe has
1: anyone asked him do they make a george clooney that's doll? it and if they don't make a george clooney doll why don't they make a george clooney i
3: doll? think we could probably <laughs> we could probably profit on that well now i'm gonna do a google search for george clooney george clooney doll, clooney dolls. and then google's
0: gonna think i'm crazy
3: <laughs> makes
1: sure. you converted which oh dear oh <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Is there a George Clooney doll? Oh my God! Did oh, you just it's a Google paper it? doll. Oh,
0: it's a paper doll. But look, oh. he's in his, his, his he's in his George or Clooney's in his tidy greenies. They were not
1: whiteies. They're tidy greenies.
0: No, you know what? They make those wax dolls, and they look really lifelike. <gasps> I wonder if they're anatomically correct. We could steal one. I mean we would never do that wink we would wink nudge never, nudge
3: that, that would we be we definitely would share it
1: amongst each other we'd have I'm to do that now. on the
3: fly so that it's not premeditated i'm thinking now
1: think 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 for a moment girls think what you could do with wax you know oh, you geez. You could do some serious molding on that George Clooney doll, even if he wasn't originally anatomically correct. That's
0: true. Does you he can... really need his ears? <laughs> That's totally not what I was talking about.
3: <laughs> but then well, of she's course, just using the, know, ears the ears for You need
0: something to melt down to make new
2: parts. Because yeah, if it got too warm, then things started to droop. That's true. Oh, You'd
3: yeah. have to keep him in the freezer. His toes. We could put him in <laughs> shoes. He wouldn't need his toes. <laughs> Why would you need anything from the knees down? <laughs> so we'll just reappropriate his part. Um, did
1: you see in the news this week that Madame Trousseau's has actually removed one of their wax figures from display? Oh, I hope I know who it is. Who? It's 45. They've removed him because <laughs> they couldn't stop people from punching him in the face
0: oh what better use of his face than to to melt it down to make parts for my george clooney oh
3: no here we go (laughs)
1: here we go we've got one for punching we'll punch 45 and george clooney will be for the other things (laughs)
3: for a different kind of punching (laughs) for a different kind of pounding I'm not into fisting (laughs) and on that note that's going to do it for 3 Book Book Girls Girls.
0: can't get enough of 3 Book Girls? check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram follow them on
1: TikTok, YouTube and check out their website at 3bookgirls.com and join the group